Hello. Good evening. Welcome. Or good morning. Good day. <laughs> Every time. Every, Every time. time. Um, we're X to the Zenio. I'm Kat. I'm Stella. And tonight we have a guest with us. We do. So we did talk last time about wanting to expand a little bit on our Let's Talk About Sex. Um, and so Kat, because it was her fucking show, went out and found a human. I found a guest. <laughs> Nick is our guest this evening, so we're going to be talking about kink and BDSM, and we're we going to are. be talking about that in, first and primarily looking at setting limits and boundaries, because definitely I think definitely. that that lends itself to some of our topics that we've been discussing about having healthy boundaries, about codependency, and then having healthy boundaries. And as far as the you know kink is concerned, you have to have limits and you have to have boundaries and you have to have a conversation and dialogue prior to engaging. And I think in that kind throughout of it, it, the important part, and especially about uh, BDSM. Um, so, will you define BDSM for us? So BDSM, for those of you that don't know, be bondage, discipline, sadism, masochism. Yep, absolutely. There's three sections, mm -hmm. right? So I don't know. People know that. So it's it's. Dominant and submissive. Yep. It's um, bondage and discipline and mm -hmm. sadomasochism. Three separate things. Yep. And so within psychology, um, there is a, a sadist uh, mm -hmm. kind of someone who uh, derives pleasure from imp um, creating pain for other people. Um, it's a very different thing in the BDSM community because there's a conversation and, and there's sexual pleasure from that. An actual sadist uh, is someone who derives pleasure from emotionally um, creating torture or pain for someone else, which is not a healthy thing. Um, and so within the community, it, within the community, it's definitely parameters and boundaries and conversations, right? So if someone just is like, you know, kicks kittens and punches people, we call those people sociopaths, and that is different. Um, a masochist is someone who derives pleasure from that kind of treatment. Um, the kind of shitty psychological piece is someone who allows people to, um, you know, kind of beat them up or torture them emotionally or treat them badly because they feel like they deserve that. And so that's the kind of unhealthy bit of what we're going to talk about this evening. But also recognizing that there is a healthy and, um, sexual pleasure and, and things that come from that kind of behavior that is not necessarily a psychological pathology. So it's not pervasive. Exactly. Um, so there, there's that distinction. And so when we talk about these things, um, we'll also talk about, you know, kind of the boundaries of conversations, uh, the things and how codependency kind of layers into that. Um, but we also want to have fun and talk about like... Let's just talk about sex. Dirty, kinky, sex. Talk about things. dirty, kinky sex, please. <laughs> Let's just skip the whole mental health aspect. We're just going to have a dirty, dirty show tonight. Oh, my God. <laughs> seat belt. Stop. I'm so happy. She really gets very excited about these things. Um, well, who fine. doesn't get excited about sex? I that mean, is. right? That's if you're not getting excited about sex, you're having bad sex. Uh, or you're not having sex I because just... you're a non-sexual human because I collect those. That's the um, thing I do. We can talk about that on We'll later. talk about that on a different time. <laughs> okay, so tell me how you two met and how this conversation started. So I met Nick at our friend uh, our friend's house. So we have a mutual friend. And we were out by the fire pit and I was doing my normal like voyeur 
introvert thing where yeah. I'm just staring at everybody and listening to what they're talking about and just that's how I do. Right? Yep. We talked about that extensively. And so I'm observing Nick and I'm observing these two younger women. And so these younger women started talking about how they were very into kink and how they were very into very kinky things. Sure. And then Nick was like, Tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> what do you like? What is your pleasure? Right. And you were actually like way more like appropriate than that. It was, this is in my head, right? This is all my interpretation of how this went down. And so again, I'm just like standing and listening and watching now the three of you talk about it. And I'm watching these young women be like, well, I, I like to be, you know, tied up, I like to be spanked, and I'm, sure. you know, over here just like, I want more information, <laughs> I want more information, and then Nick said, do you like electric play, and I was uh -huh. like, oh yeah, that is, so then uh, my brain kind of was like, you know something, Nick, <laughs> or a lot of somethings about this community, well then you started talking about it, and that's, then I eventually got over my whole like observe, observation mode and like engaged in the conversation. Gotcha. That they were very misguided. And they were just um, so young. I think that's that a lot of that was was that it was very their definitions and, and reality are two different things. Yeah. And I think that you know, if they're gonna explore those avenues then they really need to explore them properly, not just run towards it head first recklessly. I With think no or, right. or have read Fifty Shades of Grey and when there they were we 16 go. years old that's, and been like, the I'm thing. a kinky bitch. Right. Well, there's there's a big, like, you know, like, movement. Oh, I want a daddy. Oh, I want a dom. But, sure. but young women don't actually know what that means. Mm -hmm. They don't know what that entails and the 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 bonds that, that, that has. That's a big, big commitment, a, a dominant, submissive relationship is Absolutely. very intense it's it can be very very intense emotionally physically mentally but it's it can also to... be very very fulfilling and mm -hmm. i think um you know i'm glad that you brought up 50 shades because it's definitely sent a ripple through um the communities that i am familiar with um just a disclaimer here i do not participate in meetings <laughs> i don't go to group things um Mostly because of my job and also um, I'm just not that social in that way. Um, but in, in my experience and what I've heard is that when the books came out, and certainly that fucking terrible movie, um, <laughs> and never, I didn't even watch the movie. I was like, no, thank you. I read the books because I'm an avid reader, but then I was like, this is fucking terrible. Um, but it did send a ripple through a lot of communities, young women. So yes, it came out when they were like 16, these are 20 somethings now, um, but also within like housewives. And so because it was like housewife porn and vanilla people porn, which is fine if you're vanilla, more power to you. Um, but it, it sent these kind of ripples and created unrealistic expectations for what has been an established not just community here in town, but like these are years and years in the making of historical things that, that have happened and continue to happen. And they're awesome. Um, but I think it was, it was just kind of the, the Disneyfication of something that had a much longer history and has a lot of information 
But I like that you said that they, if they want to know about these things, they should do it in a responsible way mm-hmm. and getting like real historical context as opposed to, um, you know, something as disnified as Fifty Shades. Yeah, well, Fifty Shades is Fifty Shades. Like, right. I don't know what else to say really about it. I haven't read the book. I haven't watched the movie. It's not really my flavor. So, sure. um, but I do think you know the one positive that came out of that, besides you know being a huge influx of people into communities, local communities, yeah, which is always good because communities need more people. But sure. it also opened up people's sex lives in mm-hmm. a way. It's kind of like a trashy novel, like a romance novel, Legit, right? Yeah. Like, but instead of like reading it and, and being alone and reading it, maybe you watched that movie with your partner and then maybe yes. you said, hey, let's let's go get it like a paddle. Let's sure. you know, Can you spank me tonight? Like, that's fucking awesome. Love like, that. And I hope that when people watch that kind of shit that they actually get turned on by that and it leads them down a path of self-exploration. Love that. Because that's what kink is, is, is self-exploration. That's, that's it. Well, poly, swing, mm-hmm. anything. You're, you're exploring yourself and your boundaries. Absolutely. And so the boundary piece is really interesting because um, we talk a lot about that in terms of just relationship dynamics in general. Um, but talk a little bit more about the conversations because I think one of the things that we had talked about in our initial sex talk um, was having conversations and how important that is to um, having good and fulfilling sex, right? Absolutely. Um, because I think, you know, you can have a one-off and meet somebody at a bar and, and bang the shit out of them and that's awesome. Um, but really fulfilling sex takes a lot more communication that I think people give it credit for. Yeah. And especially with BDSM, there has to be really significant and, and lengthy conversations um, before, during, and after about the kind of play that you're going to do. Well, BDSM is, is not necessarily sex. Mm-mm. A lot of people, um, they confuse the two. So you can have a scene. You can play with somebody. Real and, quick, what's a scene? So a scene is going to be like... Um, Something that that's planned, mm-hmm. something that's agreed upon, that's negotiated upon. Um, say like you and I were having a conversation, and I would say, "What are your boundaries? You know, what are you into? What would you like to do today?" And maybe you're in a in your place where there's a play party, or maybe you're just in your home, right? But you you have me, you know, you can be tied up, you can be spanked, you can be this, and that's all that's gonna happen. There's gonna be no sexual. There's not gonna penetra- be penetration. Right. There's not gonna be penetration. So like, if you go to any type of kink event that's public or in a home, majority of the time, vast majority penetration is not allowed. Um, when you know, when I went to like Leather Fiesta, for example, there's no penetration there. Leather Fiesta's a yeah, thing. Yeah, Leather Fiesta. It's here in Albuquerque. You know, it's once a year. Spring yeah. Pan is once a year. Love it. It's a large event. They do a ton of education classes during the day. Yeah. And then they have a dungeon at night, but there is no penetration. Sure. Um, sometimes you see that, but like it's put off. It's they they stop it. There's dungeon monitors. There's people there to make sure people are safe. Love that. But a scene for kink isn't sexual um, majority of the time. Now, if you're at home with your partner. Sure. Or if you are sexually active with someone and you're doing a scene that night, you're probably going to have sex. I know I have sex with my partners when sure. we're, when we're um, 
when we're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not going to be, it, it might be, you know, sex on and off. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be some kind of sexual touching followed by something else with more sexual touching. Because that's really what you're doing, right? Like, your scene is, is all-encompassing. So you you start, you know, with whatever you start with. You usually have to warm up your submissive if mm-hmm. your impact play warming up is... It's nice. That's like, say like you're spanking, mm-hmm. start soft and you go sure. harder and harder and harder. And usually people can, can last longer that way. If you just start off like full swing, mm-hmm. it's going to be like three swats and you're done. And then you're done. Yeah. And I think that's, that is very much that conversation, right? And so it's, it's even introducing them to the toys, right? So I've got mm-hmm. a flogger and I've got a riding crop and I've got a paddle and these are things that I like to use. And so what works for you and what works for me and blah, 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 blah. Like there are conversations and that even just having that exchange is more conversations than the one-off you're going to have with a bar guy or a girl. That's, right? That's very true. If if you meet someone at the bar, I, I personally don't um, participate in BDSM with randos. Fair. Like we all love, Same. we all love, we all love the strange. We yeah. all love it, right? But, and it's all, it's all fun sometimes, but I don't usually engage in stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes, with an unfamiliar partner. Right, because I don't know that person and I'm not really planning on knowing them uh, more right. than that night. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will know you for two and a half more hours and then we well, that, that's kind of it, and I don't want to leave any type of lasting imprint on them. Like, was I abused this evening? You know, sure. like, this guy spanked the shit out of me, and the next day I can't sit down and my ass is purple. Who Who is this dude, and what right. is his name, and, and did he abuse me? Did he sexually assault me? Did right. he Did he rape me? Like, And none of that, um, I don't even want to put myself in that kind of situation, so I don't do that. So that's why you have those conversations to start establishing boundaries when you start a scene. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. usually for me, conversation starts weeks before the scene. If, oh, if, okay. if I meet somebody that I am interested in playing with, um, I will start to feel them out slowly about, you know, what kind of kink they like, yep. if they do like kink. And I, you know, and I talk about sex a lot. Like, like <laughs> oh, so do we. Right. Like, so... <laughs> Like most of the conversations I've had with Kat, there's a lot of sex involved. There's sure. a lot of weird kinky shit involved. So I'm Every very, time, I'm she's like, like come to my curious yeah. human. Yeah. Well, I'm very open about it too. I, I don't keep very much hidden, and I just don't really care who knows. Um, I'm at that point in my life where it doesn't really matter to me anymore, and I am looking for what makes me happy. Yeah. And I don't have, you know, my kids are gone. Like I don't have to hide that shit anymore. I don't have to do gone? stuff. Grown. Grown, gone, grown and gone. whatever. The parasites are still parasites, but Fair. they're not. They're not currently they're like. Not actively attached. Yeah, they're not actively attached. So, um, I can be more of myself. It's it's my space now. It's not a shared space. Yeah. So if my space is weird, that's my business. Fair. You know. And um, anyways, I I actively start kind of putting out feelers. Then I start learning about people, and yeah. then if you know if I'm attracted to them, they're attracted to me. Like I'm I'm good for whatever. You know, it's just a matter of. Finding what works for everybody, um, and and even just introducing, like when I did that little rope class after that party, that was uh, I was very reluctant because I don't know a lot of those people, mm-hmm. and I would rather have their partners be there rather than just the female um, end of the of relationships. But it was 
Also being open to the fact that it's not just a heterosexual right, thing. Like, right, right. humans that have it, sex it, with it, other humans. Right. It, it, yeah, well, yeah, some had, you know, well, they had partners there. So, mm-hmm. like, but it was, I was a little bit reluctant at first, but it was a very fun time. And, yeah. and my reluctance came from, because, you know, everyone had been drinking. I think I was the only sober one. Okay. And so usually kink events are dry. Yeah. There's no drugs. There's no alcohol. Um, it's really frowned upon unless you're at a wet munch. Mm-hmm. A what? A wet munch. <laughs> so you, talk a you have so, so you have two kinds of munches. Munches are, are basically a social gathering. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for a munch kink for kink people, okay. um, poly. You mm-hmm. know, um, some swing people come. Yeah. People with open relationships. I mean, people who. Doesn't matter what you're into, they welcome you. Yeah. Um, a munch is a social gathering, okay. and that has no alcohol. The nice. dry ones. Generally. You're right, and yeah. it's usually just referred to as a munch. Mm-hmm. Um, when it says wet munch, it's usually where there's going to be alcohol served. That's usually maybe at a bar or something. Okay. Um, play parties though are always dry. Great. Never any alcohol, um, and a lot of times when I play, I prefer no alcohol, no type of mind altering substance at all. But it also helps for consent. That's what I was just thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and having confidence lends itself into an open, honest conversation instead of an I'm impaired conversation. Mm-hmm. I'll just be agreeable because I'm right. dependent or... Or because, because my inhibitions my are lowered. Yeah. Exactly. Well, consent when you're impaired is not consent. Exactly. exactly. So it's not a sober consensual yes. Right. Um, Absolutely. I mean, we all, you know, we've all gotten drunk and fucked. Sure. Like, yep. everyone's done that, but... You don't get drunk and, and do weird shit. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> right? it's, that's a little bit, how, how are you supposed to know when you're supposed to stop if you're impaired? Right, exactly. If, if you're the dominant, you're playing with a submissive and she passes out, you know, and you're impaired, what are you going to do? Exactly. Like what, what there's, there's just no communi- there's no communication there. That's not safe. It's and just I, not safe. I love that you said that. Cause I think that's something also to consider if you are interested in the kinds of things we're talking about, um, recognize that, and I, I love, Nick, that you are um, really kind of presenting this in such a lovely way, um, because I think, you know, if our listeners are interested in those kinds of things, recognizing that consent is very important, um, having your, your senses dulled or, or your inhibitions lowered, um, if you're in a safe relationship where there's been lots of conversations, that's awesome. But we talk a lot about not talking about sex while you're having sex. Yes. I mean, yes, that's important. But having sex before you have sex is something that I think we've learned as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, like you said, when you're young and you want a little strange, like, that's fine. But when you want to have more fulfilling interactions um, that are sexual in nature having those conversations is really important and recognizing what your boundaries are, recognizing um, what you are curious about versus what you're definitely into, mm-hmm. right? And I think having those um, interactions with humans um, and being able to say, like, and like I heard you say, that, you know, you are someone who will kind of put the feelers out and have conversations that lead up to it before you even get to a scene. Right. That's that's my preference. Um, I've I've done some pickup play, but pickup play is not um, something that I enjoy immensely. Sure. Um, I have found that the the females that I've pickup played with, I don't know them very well, mm-hmm. and if they're not an experienced submissive or they're not completely comfortable in my presence, they're very stiff. It's very 
It's very like I, they freeze, and it's mm-hmm. it's not something that you get that I deer in the headlights look. Yeah, but like when I play, I I wanna I wanna play. Like mm-hmm. I I I want to you know like when I fuck, I want I wanna fuck your body and your mind and your emotions. Like sure. I want like the whole package. Absolutely. And when I play, that's what it's very very similar. We may not have sex. Sure. But I want a really intense connection mm-hmm. and I want that headspace to develop especially with the submissive. Like yeah. getting someone high in a way because of stimulation. Yes is an amazing feeling like being on the receiving end like I, i'm not on the receiving end so i don't know how that feels but i can see it in people's faces and their mm-hmm. reactions and they're in a place that that's that's you know euphoric and there's a physiological reason for that right. because of the release of endorphins and especially if done well um it's it's a buildup that's so different than anything else um that it, it's it's a full fucking body, all Euphoria. five senses, like all mm-hmm. the things. And and it's I can imagine true for someone who's also on, on the um the say this part of that, just because it's such a mind thing for you to kind of be able to create that experience for a submissive. Oh yeah, torturing someone's great fun. Yeah. So it's yeah. it's 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 great fun watching. It's generally right, why, why, watching someone squirm and, and wiggle and, and cry and be in tears and then you know be in, and then you know have an immense pleasure at the same time. Yeah. Or you switch back and forth. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's extremely painful for a while and then it's extremely pleasurable. Like Absolutely. you know when you do sensation play. It's a lot like that. You can mix yep. up a lot of things. Like sensation is a great stimulant for the body. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, in the vanilla world, um, sensation play really should just be like an everyday thing. Yeah. But it's not. And I think that's why a lot of people have really shitty sex. Because they, <laughs> they don't realize like, hey, you know, um, this is my partner. This is how my partner likes to be touched. Yes. This is what they like. And they don't take their time. They just want to get it in. Like, yeah. And, you know, sometimes getting it in is fine. You got 20 minutes. Everyone's horny. Let's get it sure. in. Let's roll out, right? But that's fine. But really, if, if you want to have just a good experience, take your time. Yes. You know, touch that person. Work that person's body. Like, enjoy each other. Yes. Mentally and, and, and physically. And, and, and it all goes back to intimacy. Mm-hmm. Like, how intimate do you want to be? Trust. Yes. Communication. And you can't have that trust, right, without communication. Absolutely. So the more that you talk about these things and the more that you learn about these things. And, and, and I found, I you know, I was in a vanilla relationship for a very long time. Sure. And... There were good things and bad things about that relationship. And and we had a lot of sex. Yeah. And that was very odd for people who ended up divorced like that. Like, yeah. that was very odd. Our, our sex life was fairly healthy, but I also think that it was very um, dishonest. Mm. And I say dishonest because we, for two very sexual people, we could not communicate about sex with one another yeah like what we like there was always this stigma Mm. and and that's the one thing that i like about kink and and swing too is 
is it's very and even like Polly, mm-hmm. it's very I'm bearing my soul to you. This is what I like. Yes, it's this very vulnerable. it is Thank vulnerable. You. That's a but really the good vulnerable word. part of it is great because that adds to that power dynamic, yes, right? And right. so, but being that open and honest with someone, we're not really taught to do that. No. So, <laughs> right? So you see, like, hey, so, right? But also, I think is. And, and men and women have a very different experience with that. Yes. Um, but we talked in our first podcast about our sex education, right? And nowhere in our experience, and I can imagine that's true for you too, was there talk about pleasure, mm-hmm. right? There's talk about procreation. I listened to this what, the other yeah, day. Yeah. I, I, we just had that Yeah, I was listening. I was listening to your podcast on that, and that's absolutely true. They don't talk about pleasure. No, and it's kind of like a like a shamed thing, especially I think amongst females more so than males. Like, but also like, how did you learn about? This is just like random off the top, like fingering, for example. Like, do you remember learning about that? Because not in none of our education did they talk about finger stimulation. For pleasure, right? Right. Well, I I learned about fingering because uh, what were we doing? Truth or dare? Okay. That's that's how that's how I learned to put my fingers places. Like that's that's how I learned about it. I mean, I knew it was down there and stuff, but like I didn't really know (laughs) too much about it at that time. So um, that's actually how I learned. And then a number of years later, I was I was getting it on with a girl. Yeah. And I had my fingers in there, and she just stuck her fingers in there, too. Nice. And she just says, I want you to press here. Love it. You know what I'm saying? And and I hadn't had no complaints up to that point, but what she showed me was was something. Next level. Right, because it's not my body. Sure. So it's not my body, so I don't know where on bodies. But you know what? That that same place is on every female. Yep. You know, I'm just... (laughs) Yeah. I'm just putting that out there for you, of those of you that don't know. It's, it's still there. It's that come here motion. Yes. Right. You put your fingers in and up and wiggle. Mm-hmm. And use um, two fingers. Well, a little you bit of pressure. Well, you can start with one, a little bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. But also, I love that you said that. Like, listening to your partner yeah. and, and engaging in observance of what kind of reaction you're eliciting. And I think that's what I love about... Um, BDSM and, and those kinds of things is, is really it is a full senses experience. And when you are paying attention to your partner and, you know, there's there's eye contact, sometimes there's not. But there's, there's a lot of communication about these are things I like, these are things I don't like. Um, before we started uh, the, the on-air conversation, um, you know, I talk about the fact that I'm just like a dominant human in life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I'm sexual with a partner, like I, I have a lot of conversations ahead of time, partially because of being in an open marriage, um, and seeking out sex for the purpose of sex. I have a lot of conversations. Like I just talk about stuff. Um, not a lot of people do that. And so then when I had to start dating, that was really weird. Cause I'm like, Oh fuck, now I have to talk to you in your face. Um, but also, um, trying to switch it up and be like, I don't just want to have sex, but I want to be able to have these conversations. What I have learned is that for me, um, and I can imagine that's true for, for some of our listeners, is that if you start a conversation about sex, then it creates this expectation of sex. Um, and so then, you know, really kind of figuring out how to do that and find the balance mm-hmm. of 
being able to ask for your needs because people have a hard time just asking for their needs in general. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But then you throw the element of sex and, and play in there and that's a whole nother level of discomfort for some people. Well, they don't want to be ridiculed. Or shamed. Right. right. You don't, yeah. you don't, you have this fear of, well, I don't want my partner to laugh at me or go, oh, that's gross. Or, right. oh, I can't believe that, you sick fuck. Like, <laughs> why, why is that so hard to believe? This, like, if you loved me and you're in a relationship yeah. with me and I tell you something and then you look at me and you're like, that's disgusting. I can't believe you like that. That's fine. Sure. Right. I'm not going to be a big fan of that. Like, right. I, that's, you know, you should. Be a little more open mind, but if you are absolutely against something that your partner likes, yes, and you love that person, then you need to be willing to open up that relationship so that your partner can go find what they like. Yes, say like you know, if if your partner likes, we'll just use something like spanking for example. Right, if your partner doesn't like to be spanked, and you really need to spank somebody sure. for whatever reason or say like you like to be spanked and yeah. your partner I, I know a lot of, of of men like this who who don't want to spank women like they'll do the little slap and they're like that was my spank and i'm like ah, that's so lame but <laughs> you know like but or the, like oh how cute right yeah. right right like yeah that's like a like a five-year-old spanking somebody man um it's weird <laughs> but Say like, say like you have a partner and, and, and your partner really likes to be spanked, but you can't get over it because maybe you had past trauma. Sure. Maybe you were hit when you were small and you don't want to hit anybody else. Yeah. And you just can't do that. Well, you know, it's okay to go somewhere and let someone else spank your partner. Sure. It's not a sexual thing for those two it's something that your partner needs and it's something that's being provided by someone else you yep. can sit and watch and then you can go home and you can fuck the shit out of your partner yes right. and and re like reconnect on that thing and i i, I learned that a lot through swing swings mm -hmm. a lot like that when when swingers tend to hook up with other couples i've talked to a lot of them when they when they started swinging um they said, man, we the first time that, that we had an experience with another couple, mm -hmm. we had the best sex for like the next month. Right. And then they went back to another party and they just realized that their love for each other hasn't changed. Right. It's probably even deeper. Right. But they realize they're sexual people mm -hmm. and having sex with other people brings joy to their marriage or their partnership. Absolutely. And that's all, that's really what all this is about. That's what this whole conversation is about, right? Absolutely. Bringing joy to your life. Right. Well, and I think the other piece is, is how communication can build that level so there, we start with vulnerability, right? I'm going right. to be open to having this conversation with my partner. Then I'm going to be open to saying things about my needs and also being open to listening to your needs or listening to what turns you on or what you like. I think that sexuality is such a significant piece of our humanity and also just our animalness. Yeah. Um, because all living things procreate. Yep. Um, only certain living things do that for pleasure. Um, primates, for sure. Um, dolphins. Dolphins. Mm -hmm. uh, rapists of the sea. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And humans. And I think that if we can, if we can stimulate, and this goes back to just kind of our podcast, but if we can stimulate you to have conversations based on the conversations that we're having, super important. Um, the boundaries piece, the intimacy piece, I love that you brought that in because it's so important to really recognize and reevaluate how 
you connect with your partner slash partners because to be able to have better sex, to be able to have a more um, fulfilling interaction, communication has to be part of that, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Like the the first time that I had a partner tell me, you know, um, that she thought, she, she told me, I think we should fuck other people. Yeah. And it wasn't separate she was talking about us as a couple going out and finding people to smash right yeah, yeah, like yeah. together yeah but i was not prepared for that and sure. i did not take it that way You're and like, i was, yeah i was a little bit hurt at first i was like hold on like you want to fuck, fuck other, other people? people i was like, like you don't want to keep fucking me right? i was like this is fucking awful like what right. are you talking about and 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 the way that it came out it, it hit me very abrupt and it came very out of left field sure and but i had to not get worked up and get mad. We've had, we, the two of us had so many great conversations about so many other things sexual. Yeah. Took me a minute to realize what she was saying to me. Fair. And then I said, I don't know how I feel about that. Let me get back to you. And, and it took a few days for me to process. And then I was ready and we sat down and I said, well, what would you mean by that? Like, let's talk about what we're going to do. Yeah. And, and what we're willing to do. And as a couple, as something that we're doing together, mm-hmm. what are our boundaries every night before we walk into a house? Yeah. You know, with other couples that are going to invite us to have sex with them. Sure. What are, what are our boundaries this evening? Are mm-hmm. we here just to watch? Yeah. Are we here to soft swap? Are we going to soft swap? Are we going to full swap? Like, yeah. are we, you know, are we going to have same room sex? And I think that, you know, we kind of baby step that a little at a time. And then the important thing is, is that after every experience and this, this happened with our kink relationship too. Mm-hmm. And I, and I do this with people now is I get back with them. Yeah. I get with them the next day. If it's if it's a, if it's a scene in, in kink, it's for aftercare purposes. Yeah. Um, but I always get back with them, and I'm like, "How does that make you feel? Love it. How are you feeling about this? Like, I need you to know that you're cared for, and that like, you know, if you need dinner tonight, I'll come make you dinner. Sure. Like, I fucked you up last night. Like, right. I can make you dinner for every night for the next two weeks if that makes you feel better and makes you feel like you're being recognized as a person. Mm-hmm. You're not an object to me. Yeah. Human being, and I, I'm I'm, just, I'm trying my best to understand your feelings and get you through what you need to get through. And I uh, love that because it's like I care about you, right? And I want to do bad, bad things to you. Oh yeah, bad things all in the name of fun and right. like enjoyment. But um, it's, it's same same thing with swing. How does this make you feel afterwards? It's very yes. important to go back and touch on that, like. We soft swap, soft swap, right? Like you're just making out with other people. It's sure. nothing really too intense, maybe a little bit oral, whatever. But it's important to get back with your partner regardless of what you're doing. Love it. And check in with them. And it may not, I, I don't like to do it that night. Mm-hmm. I, I like to do it the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the next day it's because you have a little bit of time to process. to process. Think about it. Like when you leave something, you might be kind of upset. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, hey man, my partner just fucked someone else. Or you might be high on the endorphins of the experience right. and not really like mentally, cognitively processing. Right. It. You could be the opposite. You could be like extremely ecstatic. Yeah. But you know what? The next day, how does it make you feel? Maybe you're going to have that conversation two, three days later. Sure. But it's important to have that conversation before you move forward with any other types of activities. Love it. You don't want to... Like have back to back to back. Right. And, and if you do and it's your part, just you and your partner and you're doing it together. Yeah. And you might, you know, you might like, you know, binge out, right? And, but... 
you're gonna crash. You're 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 gonna have a sub drop. You're gonna have a dom drop. Both mm-hmm. are you gonna crash. Those endorphins don't last forever. Absolutely. And when you crash, you crash hard. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to be there for for one another or your play partners, or anybody. And I think that you know, when you negotiate a play scene, some doms do not offer aftercare. Okay. And that's usually made very clear in the negotiations. Mm-hmm. Um. And that needs to be understood. So if it was me and I was a submissive and I was playing with a dom that did not after offer aftercare, basically I don't I don't do that. I don't have time for that shit. That's not sure. what I do. Um, I probably wouldn't play with that person, but that that's me. But if I did agree to play with them, I would seek aftercare elsewhere. Aftercare just doesn't have to come from the person yeah. you're playing with. It can come from your best friend. It can come from your you know your partner or, or your a different partner or, or your yeah, therapist absolutely. right but like you need to go and, and talk about it and do the things that you need to do to feel good about yourself because i think that a lot of people when they have bdsm experiences they have regret yep and i've had some regret it took me a while when i would see my handiwork the next day or two mm-hmm. or even two weeks later and it's still there um at first I was very hesitant. It made me feel bad. Okay. You know, like I was like, I hurt her. Hmm. And she used to always tell me, no, 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 I love this. No, this that is was like, awesome. this is like artwork to me. These yes. are, these are symbols of love and affection and this and that. And it took me a while to understand that. Um, but it also, I also learned that you got to check in with people and yeah. you got to make sure you're taking care of them. Cause that's, that's really what it's all about, right? Is taking care of your partner, taking care of the people around you and enjoying your life. There you go. So we have a few more minutes. Um, I just want to um, make a couple of distinctions. Um, Kat, you've been very, very quiet, and I know that you're observing. I'm learning. And <laughs> so do you have anything, any questions or anything that we didn't talk about, or did you get everything you wanted from this? I'm so overwhelmed Okay, right fair, I'm fair. like so fascinated. <laughs> I'm ready to get on the Google. We're going to have like definitely like several hours of post-chat when we fair. go off of recording. Absolutely. Um, so, no, so I, I wanted to make a couple of distinctions. Um, just if you're curious about what we're talking about, there's a lot of different resources. I don't have them all, um, but um, you know, Google is awesome. Yeah. Um, but also looking at, at responsible sites, right? So um, I am not a sex therapist. I need to say that out loud. Um, though I have done a lot of research and um, I've spent the last year of my CEUs, the last two years of my CEUs, um, doing um, ASECT or, or sex therapy um, CEUs, uh, just because I'm a curious human, and also because of the research that I am going to do. Um, I do want to make the distinction between S&M and abuse, uh, because there are some people who say that they are into these things and then just end up being abusive. Um, if you do not feel safe, if there is not a conversation about boundaries, if your partner, um, you know, has a scene with you and does a lot of things, but then doesn't ask for permission, that's abuse. Okay. Um, if you outsource, um, and, and, uh, so you, you had said like, if, if the person who is, um, your dom, uh, doesn't want an aftercare, totally fine. Um, if you outsource that kind of play, make sure to take care of yourself after. Uh, make sure to, to have conversations. And usually when it's outsourced, there is rules. There are conversations about 
what your limits are, what your safe word is, um, those kinds of things. If those are not part of your play and then you have emotional regret or issues, or definitely. triggering. Thank Something you. Something comes up, you know, afterwards, definitely seek professional help and guidance Absolutely. With that. Um, you know, seek out a therapist. Reach out to somebody. Reach out to somebody, even if that's just a friend in the interim until you can get some professional help. But if you start noticing that you're not sleeping or you're perseverating, you can't You're having nightmares, you're having anxiety, yes. You should always negotiate aftercare before you play. Absolutely. Know what someone's willing to do for you and, and explain what you're going to need. Yes. That's, that's pre-play. And I think that's going to be true even... And, and we're talking about extremes, but understand that as adults who are sexual, having conversations is important to sexuality. Absolutely. And it's important to just humanity because being able to have a, a level of understanding um, starts with a conversation. Yes. Right? And so um, FetLife.com is a place that you can go to. Um, they have resources. There's certainly communities in um in albuquerque and so you can look those up um but yeah start having start just having conversations um that's a good place do you know of any other resources that our listeners may want to check out if they you are you can interested? check out there's there's various ones you um bdsm wiki is really good for like just terms okay. if you if you don't understand the terms um and there's I, I found something once on on world press but I can't quote it because I can't remember the exact address. Um, FetLife's great. I'm on FetLife. Yep. Um, FetLife is also a place for, you know, just like any other social media, um, there are creepers on there. And, yes. So you can find some great resources in the Albuquerque area on FetLife. I would suggest that if you are interested into interested in any type of alternative lifestyle like swing or, or, or mm-hmm. BDSM, Polly um, to read the book The Ethical Slut. Love that. Um, it's a fantastic book. It's geared towards Polly mm-hmm. lifestyle. But if you really read that book, it's actually a book about communication. Yes. Communicating with all your partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's a lot of other books out there. Safe, Sane, and Consensual is good. That's a good one. Yeah, that's good. But um, I recommend Ethical Slut to everybody. Just even if you are monogamous. Yeah. Like their their chapter on jealousy is fucking amazing. Absolutely. Like and it's Absolutely. It, it you it's so much self reflection from that. So mm-hmm. Um also I um I was on AFF or Adult Friend Finders for a long time. What I love about AFF is they actually have a ton of resources for a lot of different things. Right. Um and so if you just wanna check it out, um obviously paid members get more uh information, but they have a lot of resources. Um and I was on AFF for years. So these are just things. Um we are winding down. Thank you so much, Nick. Nick really You're welcome. So much. I feel like this was a whole lot of fun. Um and we definitely want to continue having guests. Um if you guys are curious or have questions, um hit us up on Instagram at um extra the Zenial underscore podcast. Or at the Luna X2, um, and send me a DM. You can send us an email, uh, the letter X, the number two, T H E X E N N I A L at gmail.com. And that's our time. Be safe, have fun, have good sex. Damn it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if you do, uh, good luck to you. Um, but thank you again, and we'll talk to you in about two weeks. Have a good one. <laughs>